0: We welcome you to the I Believe in Jesus broadcast. We are blessed by the Lord to be able to be back with you, speaking the Holy Word of God into the nations. We just want to say hello, and we love you. Shalom to all of our friends, brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. We've been praying for the nations, all of our the body of Christ, we just lift you up and we, are, we just rejoice. I, I just have a joy in knowing that one day we are all going to be in glory together. Let's open this precious broadcast that Jesus has given us to, with a word of prayer. Let's come in one mind and one accord this morning. And we know that the written Word of God says that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in the heavenlies, church. And whatever we loosen on earth will be loosened in the heavenlies. And we know that the Word of God shall not go void. It will fulfill the purpose for which Christ intends it to, for his own good pleasure, even today, even through what is spoken today, is going to minister to all those that are are there with a heart that is after God. And, And Lord, we just thank you for the church around the world. You know, we're not alone. We're not alone. You're not alone. I just want to tell you, you're not alone. Though we may not know you in person, we know you in the Spirit. Oh, Lord, we just welcome you in the midst of us today. Jesus, you're the reason for this broadcast. I believe in you, Jesus. I know that you are the Son of God. I know that your word is true. I know that the written word, the Bible, from the book of Genesis to the last verse of Revelation is you, and it is truth. And you are truth, and you are life, and you are the way, the only way in. It's through being born again, the only way in. You must be born again in order to have eternal life in heaven with Jesus. And Lord, myself and the rest of the body of Christ, of your very own body around this world that happens to be listening by shortwave radio or by internet, Lord, we thank you, Jesus, We thank you, Lord, that you, Lord God, are able, oh, Lord, to bring us into one mind and one accord. We pray for the lost. Anyone that doesn't know Jesus that's listening to this broadcast. Lord, anyone that is sick, anyone that is battling disease in their body. Lord, we know the lost can be saved by hearing the word of God. And we know that the sick can be healed by hearing the word of God. And Lord, anyone that's held captive in sin can be set free by the preaching of the gospel. We thank you for the power of God is in the cross. We're here to preach Christ and him crucified. We're here to speak the written word of God and the truth. And Jesus, we thank you that this message will penetrate the hearts of the lost and they will repent of their sin and accept you as their personal Savior. We thank you for those that are sick that will be healed as the word is being spoken. We thank you for the captive that is in bondage to to sin and still loves the world. They will be set free today if they receive this truth. We thank you, Lord, for the miracles that will take place that we may never know about here on earth. But one day in glory, Jesus, we will be able to rejoice with you over what you have done through the power of your word that is spoken. I pray, Lord, that all pastors be strengthened that are listening. I pray for the evangelists for the teachers in the body of Christ, for the apostles and the prophets around the world, that they would be strengthened, God, by the ministry of the Holy Spirit that will touch them. For we remember what you said in your word to Zarebella the priest. You said, it is not by might, it's not by power, but it is by my spirit, saith the Lord strengthen the leaders and the body of Christ. Lord, for these end times, I ask that you would loosen a double measure of your presence upon me this day, that it would be none of me and all of thee. And I thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. We've just passed through the Easter season being reminded of the crucifixion, the death, the burial of our Lord Jesus Christ and the risen Savior, We thank you, Lord, for your perfect way. We give you praise, honor, and glory in your holy name, Jesus. For whatsoever we ask in your holy name, Jesus, if we believe, we shall receive the answer. So I'm asking you to do and perform what only you can do. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you again and again for this opportunity to be able to minister truth to the nations in Jesus name amen the message today will will begin probably uh, at least will have two parts to it i'm going to minister to you the truth of the three crosses on Calvary and i believe it'll have to have at least two parts I, i'm limited to 30 minutes on this program I don't believe, now God can do anything, but I'm saying I I don't think that he will finish it all today on this broadcast. So if not, we will pick up next week on the part two. So if you have your Bibles with you out there, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 17. Uh, Through 25, I will be beginning there to lay the foundations of the true meaning of the three crosses on Calvary. This really might seem like a Good Friday message, but this message can be preached to the body of Christ all year long. Oh, it is about Calvary, and we need to be like Paul. We need to preach Christ and Him crucified some way, somehow, in all of our messages, reminding the body of Christ that if it were not for Jesus, our Savior, the perfect sacrifice that died on cross, through what He did, we would not be born again. The essence of the power of the cross. Verse 17, For Christ sent me not to baptize, But to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, unless the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them than believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. THAT NO FLESH SHOULD GLORY IN HIS PRESENCE, BUT OF HIM ARE YOU IN CHRIST JESUS, WHO OF GOD IS MADE UNTO US WISDOM AND RIGHTEOUSNESS, SANCTIFICATION, REDEMPTION, THAT ACCORDING AS IT IS WRITTEN, HE THAT GLORIETH, LET HIM GLORY IN THE LORD. I GIVE HONOR AND PRAISE TO THE LORD JESUS CHRIST, WHO DIED ON CALVARY FOR ALL MANKIND He died on the middle cross. We're hearing here that the first cross we're going to talk about has to be, out of the three that were on Calvary, the day of the Lord's death, has to be the cross of Christ, for He was that perfect, ultimate sacrifice for mankind, all mankind that would accept Him as the Savior of the world, repent of their sins. He caused by the shedding of His holy blood, hallelujah, the atoning for all sin, for all those that would repent. He had to die in order to resurrect. It, it placed him at the cross as divine character. In 2 Corinthians, there is a scripture in chapter 5, 19, that confirms that he was not in, only in the flesh, but he was God in the flesh. 519 2nd Corinthians, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not in putting their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Hallelujah! God was in Christ. He was not a mere man that hung on the cross, but it was the divine character of the Holy God of Israel. The cross is a sign of the manifestation of his love for all sinners. He hates sin. He never makes excuses for it. He finished it on the cross. He hates sin, he loves the sinner. John 15:13 says, "Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life" FOR HIS FRIENDS, VERSE 14, YOU ARE MY FRIENDS IF YOU DO WHATSOEVER I COMMAND YOU, THOSE ARE WORDS OF JESUS. SO THE CROSS WAS A MANIFESTATION OF HIS UNCONDITIONAL LOVE TO ALL THOSE THAT ADMIT their SINNERS AND REPENT OF THEIR SIN, NO MATTER HOW SMALL YOU THINK THAT SIN IS. THAT'S NOT THE POINT, WE'RE ALL BORN A SINNER. We all fall short of the glory of God and we all must repent of every sin and accept Christ as the ultimate holy sacrifice and the only begotten Son of the Father. Hebrews nine twenty six talks about putting away sin by the atonement. Calvary, the middle cross, the one our Lord Jesus died upon. Hallelujah! This is His purpose for that cross and all that He did there. It gave hope, it gave peace, it gave joy to the desponding soul. The cross that Jesus died upon represents uh, that only through believing what, who He is and what He did on that cross, that only He can touch a heart and change a life. Only He can take a, a wretched sinner, as Paul called himself, a oh, wretched man that I am. And change that wretchedness into holiness. As Apostle Paul denied himself and allowed Christ to live through him. Recognizing that Christ is the only righteousness that a believer has. The cross that Jesus hung on also was for the purpose of taking away the terror of death. Death no longer has any sting because when Jesus died on the cross he was buried in the tomb. But he went that middle day. Hallelujah, he was crucified on the middle cross. And on the middle day, between the first and the third day, he went to hell and conquered over, and triumphed over all darkness, took back even the keys of death. Glory to God for what he did. It's an assurance of believers that when we put our faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified, that we will have the promise of eternity with him in heaven. Paul saw the cross of Christ. As the flaming glory of his faith. And I read to you what Apostle Paul said along those lines. In uh, I believe it's 1 Corinthians. Turn there with me if you have the word of God. Chapter 2 and verse 2. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified he this was his life's purpose to go about preaching all that Jesus Christ did on that cross for all those that would put their faith in him of course not in the piece two pieces of wood we preach Christ in him crucified on that cross we do not worship the wood and cross we worship the savior that hung on that cross And some people have gone so far as to bow down to a piece of wood. It's it's only the instrument that they use to nail our precious sinless Savior, the innocent one, there. The innocent one died for the guilty. My beloved, and if you know him as such, your beloved died on that cross and Paul, Apostle Paul was so in love with the Lord Jesus Christ, met him in such a divine way, totally surrendered his will to Jesus Christ, followed him so closely that he saw the cross that Christ died on as his flaming glory of his faith, and he constantly preached Christ in him, crucified for that is the foundation of the true gospel of Christ. The second cross there on Calvary represents the world. And we go now to Galatians 6 and reading verse 14. Also words of Apostle Paul. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Paul says it all there. First, Christ crucified. The first cross. The middle cross. The most important. Without that, nothing else can be done. The second cross. The world is crucified unto me. The third cross represents an eye unto the world. Now, we know that the one man that hung on one side of Jesus that day on Calvary refused to accept him. He represents the world spirit. The world spirit is an antichrist spirit. It is against Christ in every word that proceeds out of his mouth. The other cross represents the man, the thief, that repented and said, Lord, I believe in you. You're the Son of God don't forget me and Jesus said this very day you will be with me in paradise that third cross represents uh, what Paul was saying here by whom the world is crucified unto me the sinner in his death his moments of death there on Calvary accepted Christ repented of his sins and made heaven this second cross. Representing, as I said, the world must be crucified to the believer. Paul saw the world as a felon crucified on Calvary. The characteristic of the world, Paul's teachings condemns, as Christ's teaching about the world condemns. Jesus said through Apostle John that he said, If you love the world, you cannot love the Father. Amen? Amen. Because we either love Christ or we love the world spirit. We can't have two gods. We can't serve two gods. And many people in the body of Christ need to spiritually recognize the emphasis that Jesus spoke through his apostles about the world. In 1 John chapter 2. And 17, it says, And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, amen, he says, It it is the last time, and as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now, there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last day. Amen? There are Antichrists, people that love the world more, they're pretending to walk with God, but it, they they won't let go of the love of that world. They never become sanctified. If you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, then allow the work of the Holy Ghost to go up in uh, deeply into your heart and life. And allow Jesus. Through the written word of God, truth, sanctify you and bring you to a place where you don't have any area in your heart that loves the world. For verse 15 in this chapter says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And I just read verse 17, and the world passes away, and the lust thereof. We have to allow the world to be crucified to us. That's what Paul was saying. That's what the second cross represents. We even take our opinions to the cross, because our opinions without God is nothing but a worldly opinion, opposite of what the Word of God teaches The world will teach you that self should come first. Jesus said, deny self, then pick up your cross and follow me. We have to deny the pleasures of this world being first in our life. We have to be careful that we don't have any idolatry in our heart and love the pleasures of sin more than we love pleasing God, and Moses spoke words in conjunction with this in Hebrews eleven, twenty-four through 26. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect to the recompense of the reward. Moses was saying, I would rather suffer as a Christian than I would enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. In other words, I'd rather, glory to God, suffer in God than I would enjoy pleasure outside of God because the consequence of following the world its system and loving it and loving even the pleasure of sin and there is a fleshly pleasure to sin let's be truthful that's why that scripture is there but we must allow what Paul was describing as the purpose of these three crosses uh, to uh, have the work be done in us where the world is crucified to us. And uh, so many times Christians don't go that far and that's why they struggle. That's why it seems to, to them to be hard to walk the walk of faith because the elements of the world have not been uprooted out of them. They're not allowing that deeper work of the cross here. The purpose of this second cross to be done in their lives, the world's ambitions must be cast down at the feet of Jesus at the foot of the cross. Because even Jesus said, I am a man of no reputation. Glory to God. The very Son of God didn't want to be seen and heard. The fears of the world. Oh my, have to be crucified. There are many fears out there. Many terrors out there. And fear puts the Christian in bondage. And Jesus came to set us free. So allow the world To be crucified to you. And you will truly walk free. You won't fear man. You won't fear storms. You won't fear trials. You won't fear anything but the living God. Jesus Christ who has the right to send you to heaven or hell. So let the world be crucified unto you. The the second cross also represents uh, the fact that uh, if you don't allow the world to be crucified to you. You're serving something then it's amiss from God and it's it's gonna fade away. The world shall soon fade away. That's what we just read in first John chapter two. Why serve? Why would anybody want to serve something that will not last for an eternity? That's what I read you in first John chapter two, seventeen, and the world passes away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. If, you're, if you follow the world, you're following something that isn't stable and will be utterly destroyed by the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ himself, when he comes back. So I want to speak for a moment before we close on the third cross. And uh, the third cross represents what Paul said, again, in Galatians 6, 14, the last part of the verse he said, and I unto the world. He said, the world is crucified to me, and now the third cross representing, and I unto the world. Not only must you allow the world to be crucified in your life, but you have to give your whole self to God in order for you to turn around and be crucified to the world, meaning that you are now so in God, totally sold out, so completely surrendered that the world is an enemy to you and you are an enemy to the world. And Paul taught many times about this very thing in his teaching. Paul said in the in the Word of God, he said, I have to die daily. He got up every day making a decision. Though he were born again, he made a decision. I'm not going to follow the ways of the world because the world's crucified to me and I'm crucified to the world. He put the I under subjection, amen, to Jesus, not to the world. If you're sold out for Christ, you will be bullied. You'll be threatened. You'll be ridiculed. Have you had that happen to you? Well, you recognize this, you've gone to the first cross to get saved, you've gone to the second cross, and now you're at the third cross. Because when you make that final stand for truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God, hallelujah, Jesus and Him crucified, then people are going to bully you, they're threatening, they're ridicule you. Because glory to God, they can't stand, withstand the truth that comes out of your mouth. Oh my, when Jesus Christ's name is to be honored, hallelujah, and held up in everything that you do, people will hate you. Jesus warned us that people, when we're totally sold out for Jesus Christ, like Paul was when he said in Galatians six seventeen, From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. He was saying, I'm completely surrendered. Doesn't matter what man does to me, says about me. I, I'm moving on with God. His actions, his motives were misrepresented. But he kept on preaching Christ in him crucified. Because not only had he accepted God. Not only was the world crucified to him. But he was crucified to the world. He had gone to all three places. He saw the purpose of all three crosses. Hallelujah. He himself thought was thought of as a madman. Some people out there in the world will hate you and thinking they think they do God a favor when they per- persecute you. That'll be the religious people that hate the truth that you stand for. Paul's teachings uh, were not in style back then. The Pharisees and the scribes that didn't accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior hated him and ultimately ended up killing him thinking they were doing their God a favor. His, Paul's ways and habits, oh my, stood out against the hypocritical religious people. Because you see, hypocritical people pretend to be something that they really aren't. They go through the motions, they do things out of duty. Jesus never did that. He did it out of a heart of love. So if you have a cloak of religion on you and this is convicting you, I want you to Fall upon your knees and begin to repent and ask Jesus to take off the attitude of the religious. God will honor the heartfelt worship, amen, and worshiper. Paul was dead to the society that he lived in. Are we? Are we? Or do we still try and fit in? Do we still want to resemble the world more than we want to resemble Jesus Christ? Jesus Uh, was Paul's ultimate Lord and he loved him and he glorified him and that's all he was concerned about. Amen. On Good Friday, glory to God, they crucified the Lord. The same people that laid down palms the Sunday prior to the crucifixion. Why? How could they do this? Well, they tried to accept him as their Savior, but when he didn't do... What they wanted him to do, they quickly turned on him and betrayed him. The cross became a stumbling block to them. You as a believer in Jesus Christ, have you gone to the second cross? Have you gone to the third cross? The believer has to have their foundation in the cross of Jesus Christ and that power of God to bring forth purity and holiness in our lives. Remember, Jesus was the innocent one. He died for the guilty. Only Christ's body can atone, having been given death, burial, and resurrection. Atone for your sins. He can sustain you in trials. We need to live Christ in Him crucified. The cross was to Christ the very path to life. We need to honor Jesus. We need to go to all three crosses in honor of Him and everything that He did. Amen. In our life. Oh, my, we need to learn how to preach Christ in Him crucified. And we need to learn through the Word of God how He gave us provision to overcome self and overcome all sin. Your faith must stay in what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And your attitude must be an attitude of the Lord Jesus. I deny myself. I desire to follow you. There was a story of a pastor in Antioch uh, right after the crucifixion. Not long thereafter, there was an emperor in his land called Trajan. And uh, this emperor uh, put out a death warrant for this pastor, Ignatius. And he was ordered to suffer death on the cross. This pastor was so passionate about Jesus Christ that he was apprehensive that the followers of Christ in his church would try and prevent his death, his martyrdom. And he wrote them a letter from Sirmia to the Roman Christians and he, he pleaded with them earnestly to take no measures in stopping his execution. Now, I tell you, that's love. That's one that went to all three crosses. That's one that could say, Jesus Christ is my Savior, the one that died on Calvary, and the world is crucified to me and I to the world. He said that he longed for death, and he pleaded with them not to do anything to stop this, because he was honored to die for his Lord, Jesus Christ. And he said, because my beloved is crucified, so shall I find myself, death in the same manner, the greatest honor that I could be given. He didn't want the honor and the reward taken away from him. He was honored to give his total life for Jesus Christ, my That is an awesome statement, is it not? As we close the program, I read to you in closing Galatians 2, 20, where Paul also said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ Christ. Liveth in me, and I the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for in righteousness come by law. Then Christ is dead in vain. Believers, the cross of Christ is your crown. The reproach of Christ your riches. The shame of Christ your glory. And I did finish this all in one program. Glory to God, only he could do it. So there will not be a part two that I know of. So I thank God for getting it all in on one broadcast. Only he could do it. Father, I close with a word of prayer for all those that have heard this teaching, for all those, Lord Jesus, that have accepted this truth and now understand the divine, holy purpose of three crosses on Calvary. You could have had a hundred crosses there, but the divine purpose shows us as believers that we not only must come first and foremost to that middle cross and be born again through our faith in you, Jesus, and everything that you've done there for us, the atoning of our sin, but we almost also must progress into the deeper work by allowing the world to be crucified to us and the third cross ourselves crucified to the world. Oh, Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for those that are convicted under the sound of your word. I thank you that they're repenting. I thank you that the lukewarm Christian is repenting. I thank you, Lord, that they are now received the word. And when we receive the word and our desire is to become holy through it, that is the process of sanctification. I thank you, Lord, that saints are being sanctified through this revelation and knowledge that Apostle Paul has given us. And that you have opened to me, Lord, to share with them. Father, I thank you that the sick are being healed through faith in the blood that you shed. For you said, by your stripes shall we be healed. The blood ran down your back to suffering. Oh, God, the act of obedience and faith that you performed. Oh, to see through the will of your Father. We thank you, Lord, for provision. We thank you that you said it is finished. We pray, God, a hedge of protection around those in the world. We give you thanks and we give you praise. And we pray, uh, saints, that you will continue to pray for us and that, Lord willing, we will be back on the air next week. We haven't forgotten you. Don't forget us. We're praying for you. One day we'll meet you in glory. God bless you. God bless you. And Jesus loves you. I believe in Jesus, don't you? He's the only way in. We love you much. God bless you. Ooh.